Super Talk Mississippi media production. Welcome in and welcoming in now. I'll say I'll learn how to speak eventually. My handsome young son, now national college football reporter for the Sports Business Journal. His mother and I are so proud of him, Ben Portnoy. Of course, he covered South Carolina for years uh, prior to this. That's why I wanted to have him on uh, with us today. You and I talked back during the summer about this game, and we, we were both stressed how important it was for both teams. And here we are three weeks in, and it's more important than I think we could have possibly imagined it is. Is this the season for the loser? Is that it for whoever loses this game? Yeah, I think, I mean, kind of like we we talked about in the summer, that this game was going to be a really interesting sliding door for both teams. And I think that when you look at it as far as what it is for South Carolina, what it is for Mississippi State, like, I, I don't want to say it's the season because there's obviously a lot of season left, but I think it sets up both teams for a really weird, tricky spot if you do go out and lose this game. I mean, South Carolina is staring one and four in the face if they go and lose this game. I mean, you've got got to go to Knoxville in a week and sitting at one and three, that's not exactly an inspiring place to be. Although I will say the way Tennessee looked in the swamp last week, maybe it's a little, <laughs> maybe you feel a little bit better about that game than you might have last, a week ago or two weeks ago. And obviously we know what happened the last time South Carolina played Tennessee, but I, I do think it is an interesting game as far as you look at sort of where Mississippi state's offense has been. You look at what South Carolina's defense has been. I, I think there's just a lot of moving pieces here that make this a really interesting matchup. And I think that, you know, one of these teams could very well be sitting at five and seven and kicking themselves about uh, this game in Columbia here in you know six seven weeks. You you obviously are smart enough to know what the reaction of fan bases have been to these these two starts over here in Starkville. I mean, people are losing it. They're ready for Arnett to go after three games. It's it's actually kind of humorous to be honest with you. What's the mood of the Carolina fan uh, in uh, in Columbia right now? I think they're in an interesting spot because I think that things could be worse, but are also kind of to script on some level. I think that, you know, I think the way that South Carolina played against UNC was a disappointment. I I mean, there's no question about it. I think that, you know, I I thought they did a pretty good job with Drake May, forced him into two interceptions. You know, Spencer Rattler had about 350 yards. I I think, you know, the numbers you look at them, and I remember joking with some South Carolina people about this after the game, was that if you told me Spencer Rattler was going to go 30 of 39 for 300 and some yards, a couple of touchdowns, and Drake May was going to have two interceptions, and UNC only scored 31 points, I would have told you South Carolina probably won that game by 10 points, maybe 12 mm-hmm. points. The reality is the defense didn't hold up, and, and they gave up too many big plays down the stretch, and South Carolina just kind of tripped over itself, and they got an extra possession on an onside kick. So, you know, South Carolina kind of did checked all the boxes, just didn't really execute down the stretch and had some chances in that game, and it just kind of got away from them. Then you look at Georgia. They came out. They were up 14-3 at half, played really well, kind of gave it away, and Georgia started doing Georgia-like things. But I, but I do think that's inspiring. I, I know that, you know, Shane Beamer will say that there's no moral victories and all of those things, but – when you go toe to toe with Georgia, even whether even if Georgia's you know not necessarily the Death Star it's been in the last few years, like I, I still think that th- there's something to be said for that. I mean, look, like it's only a year ago that South Carolina got run off the field in Columbia against Georgia, and you know lost that game. I think 45 to seven or 43 to seven, whatever that actually was. You know, got asked after the game if he sensed any quit in his team, and obviously lots of fun sound bites out of that. So yeah, I, I think that like you know South Carolina's been. I, I think South Carolina is an interesting space where like yes, they probably would have liked to have won the. UNC game. I think you can circle the UNC game as a disappointment, but the fact they're sitting here at one and two, I don't think is super unexpected. And I think most people will will reconcile with that. Now, granted, we know how fan bases react and people don't always think rationally, but I, I think know. Carolina, yeah, the fact that South Carolina is one and two, I think they should feel, you know, okay about that. And going into it, this game is a favorite. 
anybody ever questions if you're my son. You just made a Star Wars reference right in the middle of this. See, that's that's my boy. You and I, when we had that interview back in the summer, you were adamant about how bad South Carolina's offensive line was going to be. And they really showed that off in, in the North Carolina game. They could not protect Spencer Rattler. I thought they were better against Georgia of all teams. But even then, in the end, he, they were able to get some heat on him. I, I, have they been worse than you even thought they were going to be? Right, because if there's anything that we know about college football, it's that, you know, 18 to 22 year old kids are super consistent on a week to week basis. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, the Georgia game to the UNC game is kind of crazy. And I will say the offensive line looked better. I take it with a grain of salt against Furman, but, you know, did some things that were nice. And South Carolina's shaken up the rotation a little bit. You know, they've got Tree Babalade, who's a four star ta- uh, freshman in there. So he's probably going to be starting at, I think, left tackle. Uh, so that makes her an interesting note. And I think they've they've shaken up the rotation. They seem to be finding something, but boy, that week one against UNC, I mean, that is a UNC defensive line that I'm still not convinced is particularly good. And I mean, they were screwed up teeing off on Spencer Rattlers, what, nine sacks, 10 sacks in that game. I mean, that's not, I thought the offensive line could be a sneaky strength of this team in the sense of, I thought it might be bad, but I thought there was a world where if things clicked right and this thing, you know, came out of nowhere and you looked up and South Carolina ended up having a pretty okay line, it wouldn't have been the craziest thing in the world, but it's been a real, it's been a, it's been a moving sort of needle for the last few weeks. Like they just, they're kind of trying to find that pulse. They're trying to find that consistency, trying to find that rotation. And I think they're getting there. Now, the question I have is why you couldn't figure that out, you know, over the six months you had leading up to the season. But I I do think that there's, you know, I I do think there's something to be said once the bullets are flying and you see things against other teams, like there's something to be said for that, not to be completely snarky, but I do think that there is something to that. And and I think they're figuring it out. So this, I think this is actually probably the best like real test that South Carolina is going to have against a defensive line that I think is really good, but you know, obviously isn't Georgia and is maybe, I don't know what UNC is and what Furman necessarily becomes, but it's an interesting test at the very least. There's somebody should have asked uh, Beamer, uh, why, 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 why would the defensive line was having so much success? against that offensive line. Somebody could have just asked that question, and we might have gotten an answer. Uh, on the other side of the ball, this South Carolina defense has not been good against the run this year. Second to last in the conference, only Vanderbilt has been worse in yards per game. If you're Mississippi State, is that your game plan? You're just going to come out there and try to to control a lot of scrimmage offensively and run the football? Yeah, Will Rogers had, what, like a season low, like 17 passes? Career low. Career against, low. Uh, against Arizona, and then last week was the career low in yardage. Right. So, I mean, if you told me that Will Rogers threw the ball 12 times on Saturday, that's probably a winning formula for Mississippi State. Like, I I mean, seriously, like, you know, that's not to be a knock on Will. It's just a matter of, you know, South Carolina has not been able to stop the run. Now, I will say that South Carolina's defensive line looked pretty good against Georgia. They were disruptive. They have some guys in the middle who can really play. And I think, you know, for what they lack at defensive end and maybe haven't been able to do in the pass rush or what we thought they might be able to do in the pass rush over the offseason, like they've got some dudes at defensive tackle. They're not necessarily the household names you're going to find around the SEC, but they've got some guys there who can be good players. And I think may end up like if you told me this often, this run off defense ended up finishing, you know, seventh or eighth in the SEC after a couple of shaky starts to start the year. I, I could kind of buy into that. And I think the linebacking core has gotten better and is getting better with some guys who are stepping into bigger roles. So, I, but again, like I do think that Mississippi State, if they're going to win this football game, they're going to run the ball and they're going to run the ball a lot. And I think that South Carolina has, I, I think if you're, you know, Kevin Barbe and this offensive staff, run the football till South Carolina proves you can stop it. And I just don't, I'm not sure that South Carolina actually can stop it right now. All right. I know you're an avid Thunder and Lightning listener. So you know how my Friday podcast goes. Give me an X factor for South Carolina in this game. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be, 
Spencer Rattler's the obvious choice. I'm going to say Xavier Leggett, the receiver on the outside. That's an interesting choice. That's the best player on offense so so far. I mean, I will say, like, Spencer Rattler's numbers have been super good, and I think, like, whatever his final line at Georgia was, I think it was, like, what, 29 to 42 or something. That's a little – like, he he played better than his number – his final completion percentage. Um, But Xavier Leggett, I mean – I don't know how many words there are to describe his transition over the last year because he's a guy that, you know, struggled with drops, had a couple, I think last year in the Florida game, had two different balls bounce off his hands into someone's hands for an interception on like back-to-back possessions. I mean, he's just been one of those guys who's been a lot more potential than actual and like flash than actual tangible results. And I think that all of a sudden the dude seems to have evolved into Alshon Jeffrey and is a senior and it's pretty it's pretty remarkable, and I think it's a credit to this receiving core. And Justin Stepp, I think, is one of the better receiver coaches in the country and, and has done a really, really good job with Xavier. And he he's looked really, really good through a couple of games. And if Juice Wells isn't going to go this week, which, you know, all expectations are that he won't play, I mean, Xavier's going to be the guy on offense. And if they can get him going, I mean, South Carolina's going to have a chance. And Spencer Rattler's looked really, really good through a couple of games. And, again, like I know the numbers are a little deceiving here and there, but, I mean, he's been as good as any quarterback in the league so far through three games. And I think that if Xavier is clicking and he and Spencer are clicking, like they're going to have a chance to put up some points. All right. 60 seconds, national college football reporter, bigger upset this weekend, Notre Dame over Ohio state or Ole Miss over Alabama. Notre Dame, Ohio state. I think that Alabama, I think, I I think Alabama, listen, (laughs) no, you'll appreciate where I'm taking this. I think Alabama are in the same plane. And I don't mean that in a good way. Like Alabama's fallen down a little bit. Like if you told me that Ole Miss and Alabama both finished the season, like nine and three, eight and four, I can buy that, you know, Notre Dame over Ohio state's a bigger deal to me. All right. Well, our other bar, your, your young brother, my other handsome young son, Tyler Horka will enjoy uh, covering that this week. Ben Portnoy from the sports business journal, national college football report. Makes me proud to say that I'm very pleased for you. Congrats, man. And thanks for coming on with me. I really appreciate it. Of course, man. Anytime. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.